Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. It's the first one of 2022 and we have a great guest to kick off the year. We're joined by Monica Arango, who is the founder of Say Easy. I hope I'm getting the pronunciation right. It's a homegrown interior design studio that's challenging the design industry in Dubai by dedicating their work to transforming spaces into unique and creative destinations. Good morning, Monica. Good morning. How are you guys? Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. And thank you for joining. Thank you for joining. We're both joining from our own homes today. So that might be a good omen for an interior design interview. Uh, so where are you based? So we are based as in CTC Studio. Uh, so we are in Shakeside Road. Um, our studio is there. And yeah, it's just actually, it's been actually uh, almost a year that we've been um, in the studio. Okay, uh, and you're working from home today, so uh, you're in Jumeirah Gulf Estates, as you mentioned. Yes, oh yes, yes, yes. So I live in Jumeirah Gulf Estates. Um, yeah. This, unfortunately, is homeschooling, so I'm kind of divided between here and the office. Um, so yeah, it's nice actually to be from home, having this nice conversation today with you. <laughs> exactly, yeah, it's great that we can connect this way, but I think a lot of people, you know, two years into the pandemic and on Zoom, a lot of people are working from home. I'm sure that had an impact on your on your business in a positive way. But can you tell us a little bit about the background to say, EC, uh, what is this and how you came up with the idea and what, what is the business? Sure. Um, so it's it's uh, so I'm actually a lawyer and CDC is the result of like a transition in my career, like around seven years ago. Um, and basically, uh, when I had my second child, it was very challenging for me to continue within the corporate world. Uh, the timings didn't work. And I always had a very deep interest and passion for interior design. I have, my family has a background on it. And I've always been very interested in the industry generally. Um, so CTC came out of actually a personal project. Uh, that we did with our with my husband uh, in France, in Nice. And I was in the midst of the transition of the careers. And when, when, when we got the project, I executed the project from Dubai. Um, so we procured everything and then we set up traveling to France and we basically um, did the whole um, setup of the apartment and whatnot. And then this is where um, my husband is French and he goes to me, this is what you should do. I think that you're really good. I'm your first client. I am like uh, very impressed. So this is how actually the idea started. Um, to be honest with you, at the beginning, I was like, I'm a lawyer. Uh, I think I will always be a lawyer and then there is no other way out. Um, but little by little, even when I was working as a lawyer, I was helping my colleagues, you know, the, the, the girls that were pregnant, I was helping them with the rooms. I got a 
um, an onset happy. And that was back in 2017. And uh, we started, so I started by myself first. And then after six months, uh, I partnered uh, with Tati. She left already, I'm by myself again. <laughs> she went back to Colombia. But at the beginning of CTC was a very, as you said, homegrown company. Uh, we started very small, um, very small team as well. It was three of us. And um, at the beginning, it was a very, um, more, more than interior design, it was like a styling with a little bit of interiors for mostly expats. And from a very small project, we started to having a little bit more um, confidence in taking more projects, bigger projects, more residential projects. And it's been now, I would say five years and a half, six years that the company has grown exactly, as you said, from, from something that it was a transition career um, moment to, 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 to a really nice studio based in Dubai. And we are now uh, nine of us. So, wow. so yeah, that's a little bit of the background of the disease. It's, it's unexpected to a lot of people because a lot of people, when they see me or when they meet me, they expect that I have all this background and, you know, um, which I don't. <laughs> it, was, it was really grown out of an idea. Amazing. I think that's quite inspiring because other people, you know, changing careers is daunting, isn't it? And then the expertise. But so how did you end up in Dubai and were you working, were you practicing here or was your husband here? Or why did you decide to set up, uh, say, ISI in, in Dubai? So, um, so yeah, so we, we actually used to live in, in London, back in London, and in 2008, um, he got transferred to Dubai, and I was basically just starting my career in law. So I started, I studied law, um, qualified in the UK. Um, so when I came here to Dubai, um, at the beginning, I worked in a law firm that was not English, and then I moved to an English law firm. And that's kind of the transition while we're here in Dubai. And then, then obviously, we, we continued. I mean, uh, our kids are here, we're set up here, and, and at the moment, we're actually based here. So it made sense to, to set up CTC in Dubai for now. Yeah. Okay. Okay, interesting. So that's how you set up the business and you have a design studio, you've grown and you've got you've got clients. What were the early days like? You know, you mentioned you're a lawyer. Did you have to educate yourself or, you know, obviously there's a lot of sort of creativity and personal styling going into this, but there's there it's also a business, it's also a profession. So how did you sort of upskill? So that's actually a very good question. And I always say, and people say like, oh, well, how could you transfer skills? So absolutely right. The creative side, I think that that's something that you don't learn. Uh, in fact, I've met many interior designers, uh, people in the industry that have studied that. And, and, and they say that I, either you have the eye or you don't have it, no matter how much you have studied. So in my case, um, I had the creative part um, in terms of the business as a setup, um, so I come from a very entrepreneurial family. So both of my parents, my father is a lawyer, but he set up his own company. My mother set up his own company and my sisters back home, they, they are very entrepreneurial. Both of them have their own companies. So I had that background 
also um, studying law itself, it's a very good base, um, especially when you've been working within the corporate world where you get your structure, um, you get the, 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 the very uh, basis of what is to be in a business, in a big corporation. So from that set, I think that I transfer my skills of how to set up the company, the budgets, the finance, uh, all of that for my obviously um, legal background. And in terms of interior design, you're absolutely right. Of course, you need to educate yourself. I actually didn't go anywhere. I educated myself <laughs> through whatever I had available. And uh, yeah, it kind of, you know, I think that this is a job that um, number one, you learned obviously with the job. And there is obviously new skills and new set of uh, experiences, especially with clients, especially when you do interior design and residential. It's a very personal relationship that you have with your client. You're kind of coming into their inner world, their private world. And, and then, yeah, so this is, this, is, this is how I think that the early days of CTC was um, in terms of the business, um, the background of my family, and I guess my background as my legal background, even to set up a company legally, I kind of knew. Um, and in terms of the skill set, I mean, I still know that, I mean, you never stop learning, right? So with every project until now, there's always every project there's something from. Um, so it's a continuous curve. I don't think that we, we could ever stop at any yeah. point. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I think when, if people are around their parents, uh, both my parents, and I didn't know it when I was growing up, but both had businesses at different time. And I think it somehow it, it helps. And then I think any education or any degree, uh, there's skills in, in terms of some ways. And, you know, it sounds obvious, but actually uh, the corporate part of law is so important in terms of setting up businesses because everyone does mm -hmm. contracts everything yeah. so how did you go, go about that in, in Dubai did you do a free zone did you have an offshore or what, what how did you set it up as a as a studio and um it, it's on Shakeside Road but do, what activities do, do you have did you have and what services do you provide so um so in terms of uh, the beginning of CTC, we that was with my business partner, we set up the company in the in Fujera free zone. Um, the reason being is because we didn't really have an actual office office. We were working like remotely or we're working on on the free zone kind of companies where you basically rent the spaces. Uh, at that time we were working in a place called our space, which is a very nice, a space for entrepreneurs when at the beginning you don't have the budget because um, to you know to incur into this all these rental fees and all of that so the beginning of CTC was with a Fujera free zone and then obviously after we decided to set up the office in Dubai I had to go to the DED so I changed the license to the Dubai license so we could actually operate here um, and in terms of our services, we're mainly an interior design studio. So we'll do, um, in terms of activities, we I think we registered on the interior design consultation and basically most of the service kind of side of the, of the industry, basically. Yeah. Okay, fascinating. Yeah, you know, I think these are great 
this is a great Dubai business story in terms of doing it organically, uh, you know, and, and when you're providing a service, it is, it's by default, it's service-based. So it's about your time and your hours and that personal yes. relationship. So you, you don't need yes. much else at the start. But, but so what is, uh, what is a, a studio for an interior design company? Do you have, uh, what's in the studio? Or is it an office or do you have your own uh, uh, showroom and things like that? Um, yeah, so actually what you said is actually, I think it's actually helpful for people because there are many people that ask me so many questions at the start of a company and and then the progress of a company. So for CTC, as you said at the beginning, we didn't need an office, but once you have a certain amount of clients and what you need a lot of other interior designers, you need a setup. You need a setup to number one, create a kind of a structure for your team. So now we are uh, a team, I think we are now nine um, in the studio. So we needed number one, that for me, it was very important that everyone was in one space and creating ours, our, our, actually I was very involved in creating our, we call it atelier, which is workshop. Um, okay. I created a company, I created the office to feel like home. So basically we invested a lot on the design. I really focused on most of my team members to be inspired uh, to come to work and see, okay, it's such a creative job that I wanted them to feel number one, home, number two, inspired, and just feel like a really nice space to work. So as you enter our offices, it's very much CTC style. So um, it, it's, it's, it's set up, um, we have a co-working space, so all of them work together and it doesn't have a lot of division, which I didn't like. So as, as you said, we, we, we're much more into teamwork, discussions, briefs on designs and all of that. So I wanted the team to feel like a, a sense of togetherness. Um, and in terms of, so most of the people that walk, walk, walk into our office, they're like, it doesn't feel like an office. And this is exactly what we wanted and what I wanted my team to feel. I didn't yeah. want them to feel, I want to go to work and sit in this boring desk. So everything has been like made by CTC, most of our furniture. So actually I'm very proud of it. <laughs> Amazing. In terms of, um, in terms of um, it is an office, it's in a showroom. Well, by default, I think it's a showroom because it definitely shows uh, our aesthetic. So exactly what we do in terms of best book pieces, because we also design furniture, is also a very nice way to um, show people what we do. And uh, in terms of the, the home feel as well. So, I mean, as you enter our office, you have music, you have the smell, you have like all this kind of activation of six senses that I wanted from the beginning, which is definitely felt by our clients and, and our team. So, so yeah, so I think that, um, but looking back, because when, when I was actually moving, we were almost in the pandemic, I mean, post like it was 2020. So it was a very kind of, people were not really keen on going back to work. Um, so a lot of people were like, not approving of my decision. But today, yeah. now it's been like a year, and, and I feel that honestly, it, it was the best decision for us to, to move to the studio. 
That's amazing. There's so many good points there. Yeah, I, I think on the last point as well, things that people did during the pandemic might have felt against the tide at the time and might have felt against better judgment, but actually by doing something, by taking action, it's proven right and you can kind of flourish afterwards. And, you know, the, I think hibernating would have been the wrong choice in, in many industries. Obviously, some were more effective than others. But um, so fascinating listening, uh, Monica, to how you described everything there. Uh, and, you know, because at, at the start, we, we kind of said that you were disrupting. But so when you're setting up a design studio, interior design firm, um, in this decade or the last decade, what what do you do differently? What is it more digital, or do you spot different trends, or what's what's different about say EC, or, or what's contributed to your success? So I think many things. I think it's a combination. I think of of, of many factors. I I never say it's just one particular one. I think number one is. Uh, the creative part. So the, the, our designs, um, I am very, very, very focused on creating different, original, and within that home feel. So, and this is actually the feedback that we get with most of our clients. They're like, I like you because we haven't seen this before or whatnot. So we actually have a rule within the team is that we don't reproduce any piece of furniture or any anything that we have seen in, in, in our different clients. So what we try to do is that that, that creative part, uh, because as you said, these days, to be honest with you, you have access to everything, right? So you get yeah. inspiration from everywhere and it's a very easy avenue to copy paste, to copy paste what the States is doing, to copy paste what Europe is doing, what South America is doing, or any other designers. So I think that one of the focuses is that, to avoid the copy pasting of either Pinterest or whatever you can get inspired from whatever part in the world or, 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 or any avenue. But that, that, that creative part has been definitely a very defining factor. And in terms of, and I think that's one of the things that drive our clients and you can see it in the end result of the design. It's very difficult for you to compare one of our projects to another because they're so different but at the same time they have our stamp which is exactly what we wanted right um and then i think also i i do believe in timing um and i'm and i and think that i speak for the industry so i think that COVID times were times where people in the world were very focused at home right so I think with all these traveling, the expat life, and I mean, I'm, I don't know about yourself, but for example, my husband travels a lot. Every other person that I know travels a lot. And the time at home was not perceived as important, especially when you are an expat, because you have that expectation that like, oh, what am I doing improvements in my home? I, number one is not my home, the people that I don't own. And number two, I'm probably gonna live in two or three years. So by experience, for example, what happened to us, um, as in me and my husband, my family, is that we've been living in Dubai. We were living in Dubai for 12 years um, in a rental home. And then after that, we decided to buy. But we were living in for 12 years. And when we came to Dubai, our thought was one, 
And I am into design and of course I did improvements, but I know a lot of people that spend more than 10 years and they haven't done any changes to their home. And at the end, the question is like, if you don't do it now, then when, right? Yeah. You can enjoy it. So I think that COVID times, because people were so much centered in home and staying at home and what can I do and whatnot, they saw actually the importance of your home and how important is like, it's nice to improve where you live, you know, even though we're not from here, why not make it look like home? So what happened with CTZ was that I think that there was a big boom within the interior design industry worldwide, I think residential um, for the COVID times. I mean, the amount of people that we had uh, from the region, from Saudi, Bahrain, Qatar, uh, that they just wanted to improve their homes. Uh, the people that were living, for example, in apartments moved to villas. The people that were renting bought. So it was a really nice uh, transition, I see, of people just wanting to live a better life at home. Uh, yeah. And I think that, that that was a big boost for CTC. I think that, that, I think that when I see the, the, the kind of trend and the line of growth, um, in terms of interior design as a disease, it was 2019, uh, 2020 is when, when we saw the boost. Yeah, in the company. amazing, amazing. And I think, yeah, if you're doing mm -hmm. it organically and then you have the studio and then it's good timing and we can talk about competition, but just uh, how to approach you and how, how to start it. And I, I'm gonna give two examples and one is, is around on this question. So. Uh, I was doing a, I was doing an interior design job on, on this apartment. I, I was doing a, I was going to refurb it. I was going to put a floor in and buy sofas and stuff like that. And when we were doing it, I didn't I didn't know I knew I wanted it nice, but I didn't know how to do it. So we used an online service in Dubai and we played. Um, they came and they played a flat flat fee, and then we did the rest. So it was a few thousand dirhams, and then. They just literally sort of did a drawing and did a, a mock-up. Um, I didn't know that service existed. Uh, I never would have thought of it in the past. Um, I didn't really know how interior design firms worked, whether it was turnkey, whether it was full service. Uh, so what, what sort of, are people as ignorant as I was when they go to you first? Uh, and what, so what, what, how do you kind of, uh, you know, work with people? Because, you know, the internet is there, right? Like there's Pinterest, people, can go into uh, showrooms and they can go, I like this sofa, I like this chair, I like, like, and people like you might, might want to go, hey, I have a bit of a creative itch that I want to do it myself. So how do you kind of, um, how do people discover that a, a quality service like yours is good? And then how do they approach you at the start? Um, yeah, I think that's, that's what, what you told me is a very typical um, question or that I face with the clients and, and, and you're absolutely right. So interior design firms operate in different ways. As for CTC, uh, we have different services exactly for that purpose. So we saw the need of people that maybe they didn't have a huge budget for the interior design, procurement and execution but then maybe they just wanted the design aspect, which is exactly what you bought, right? Um, so in terms of CTC, we do provide only the design. Actually, um, most of our work in Saudi, 
uh, Lebanon and around the region is only based in design. So like you and me, we have a conference call over the phone, over Zoom, they will send us the technical drawings of the space and then we'll get going with the design. Of course, we do like a questionnaire and get the most of the information from the clients. But believe it or not, in this stage of age, an e-design is effective. And I always say this, when the clients, number one, have time, because time is of time can be stressful, and that's why other clients hire that full scope, right? Um, and also when you do have the patience to execute and procure the project. Not a lot of people like it, not a lot of people, you know, are up for it, but there are some people that are amazing doing it. In fact, I have an, an amazing sample, which is one of our clients in Oman. We did her whole villa. It was a very massive uh, villa. I've never um, met the client face to face. Uh, we met, all our meetings were on Zoom and we worked only on the tech drawing. And basically we did the design and we also provide her the procurement list. So she could actually execute everything as per our procurement for everything. And then a few months later, she did it. She showed us a video and it was quite unbelievable to the detail. Wow. From the pot of flower that we put there to another. So those are the kind of success, kind of the stories that we say, you know, this package works for you, is amazing. You know, you only you need is the design and the schematic of it because most of the interior design, uh, I think, uh, problems that people have is, is because they don't get the sizes right and you don't have a special schematic of the area. Um, then, of course, we have the, 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 our big projects that, as you said, they're the turnkey projects where we do from A to Z. So we'll do the design, the procurement and the execution. And basically, this is where our clients hand over the keys to us and we do everything. So, so yes, we do have um, those two services uh, because we do feel the need for both of them and also um, in terms of the budget, and as I said, the need for the client sometimes is completely different. So, yeah. so yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, and again, it's a, I think it's an education thing, isn't it? Because some people think interior design is buying nice accessories and objects, but actually, you know, the you know when if people watch design shows on TV, you can see how places can be transformed, and it it, it is about architecture, it is about construction. And almost the accessories and the, the things we like on Pinterest is the last bit. Like that's just the yeah, that's just the fancy bit. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's a it's a job. And and there are people that, as you said, there are people that and they don't have the time or they don't have the patience or they don't have the workforce. That's another thing. Um, and then they just leave it to 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 the experts to do the whole job. And then there are people that are absolutely fantastic at executing. And they actually, some people actually love it because they feel that it's their home. And if they have the idea like in front of them and they can execute it, then then I think it's also like a yes, right? Yeah, yeah, fascinating. Um, so second question is a second story. So we, we were, as we spoke off air and why we're on Zoom is because our new studios aren't ready yet. And yes, uh, we wanted to, ex very exciting, yeah, but we wanted to uh, create a studio for a modern media company. So we thought, well, it's not just a newsroom, like a, a TV, a newspaper. It's not just a TV station. It's not just 
uh, radio station. It needs to be all three. So we found the space and then we found a designer uh, that I thought was good, uh, almost like you when you started starting her own business. Uh, she brought in um, an architect with her. She brought in the materials person and we spent months getting the design right. And then uh, we needed the fit out and the construction. And that was a, an eye opener. We talk about the industry, an eye opener in Dubai to see how it operates. But um, so, but, but it was fascinating learning experience for me, but to the point on time as well, I knew from the start I needed to uh, sort of shape the output. I, I, I knew I needed to have that sort of vision on what are these, the functional role of the, of the office and the studios. But I also knew that I wasn't, and I didn't have time, I wasn't an expert. So I, I outsourced it almost completely. And it was amazing because uh, this dynamic of an independent designer and a big professional sort of turnkey construction company who, have, who has a joinery factory and also a, a showroom for furniture, it, it works really well in, in terms of uh, working together. And I guess the, the question is not really about whether you do commercial units as well as at home, but uh, with nine people, and, and you mentioned you, you design furniture, what are the skill sets of that? And uh, you know, at, at what point do you say, hey, okay, we have a workplace, the atelier, the, the space that you have, but at what point do we maybe uh, start to do joinery ourselves? Or at what point do we have our own showroom of furniture and things like that? Yeah, that's actually our next step. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. So in terms of our team, um, everyone, I always say that there is no better or worse. I think everyone has amazing different skills. And this is why the team works. Um, so we have um, three tier designers. Um, one is an interior designer that is very um, based on the design aspect, very aesthetically, very married basically to CTC. Uh, then we have uh, two interior designers that are very technical. So they're all about our tech drawings, uh, anything to do um, to schematics, anything to do with elevations, anything to do with 3D works. So all of that kind of visualization. Um, then we also have our procurement and logistics team. And this is the people that once the design team has set and we have finalized the design, then the procurement team, which is, we have two people for that, they take the project and they start procuring and managing the execution. So, you know, where we, you know, whatever we produce and stuff. And then we also have our best book team. So this is the part I think that is relevant to your question, which is at the moment, I'm not a retailer. And, and I think that that's another scope of business, uh, but, but, but I do love to design our own furniture. Why? Because I had very bad experience with um, fit out companies or relying on third parties. Because at the end of the day, what happens is that, let's say Smashy hires CTC, we do all of that, and then CTC takes everything, all scope, yes, we can do this, and we hire that third party. They, there is not, I don't have enough control to that third party on the quality control, unfortunately. And I faced in the previous projects so many headaches with that aspect. 
Um, so, you know, we decided, okay, so at the moment I'm actually partnered with a person that is exclusively producing for CTC. So all our best book on January. Um, and then we produced all our technical drawings. So we design, we produce all the technical drawings for the furniture. And then I have a team member that is specifically um, for quality control of that. So once you have all this process and it's in-house, you have a lot of control. When you have a lot of control, you can deliver a nice product. So I think that aspect, to be honest with you, before we didn't have the team, I didn't have the budget. It was not, it was, I think it's as, as part of the company it has grown to that because also we have the demand to that. But we were always very focused before on the design and that's what we did. And they provided our design to the people that made it. But, but we missed always some sort of a stage where the quality control was not there, the quality was not there, the design was not just made to the detail that we wanted. And this is when once I set up the team and I was confident enough, I think that's the moment where I was like, you know what, we're going to do it our way, CTC way. And I think that, I mean, touch wood, of course, there's always mistakes, but, but no, the results are, are honestly as expected, like there is no more surprises. As, as you said, the delay point of, 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 of delays in construction in, in interior design is part of the process, but to have control of the delay is a different story, right? Yeah. When you yeah. don't have control, then it's you with the client. The third party doesn't have any relationship with your client, it's you. So, and I think that's one part that really made us a little bit stronger or a little bit more confident is that we had that control. Even if we were delayed, I could control that delay. Um, yeah. So yeah, so, so I think that as for us, I, as I said, we our one of the things that make us a little bit more different. I mean, I think everyone has their specific beautiful uh, kind of niche, but as for CTC, is that we love to set it's to design new pieces. And one of my rules is that I don't like to repeat bespoke pieces. So for example, yeah. if we produce a table for you, um, we don't like to replicate that. We'll probably do something different with another client, but we tweak it around. And so yeah, so so that's I think that the next step would be potentially to to get a bigger space to actually fit out like not not have like a third party as a partner but maybe that partner could join ctc but as for now we're good yeah <laughs> the, the, the setup works um but yeah your your, your example is actually a, a very typical example of of yeah. that uh, expert joinery um that side of the business that sometimes either works for you or against you right yeah Fascinating. Yeah, I think it's interesting, and especially the not necessarily control, but just involvement. I think the example that you gave of the of the clients or the villa in, in Oman is is interesting because you might do the really good work, but then it's up to the person to uh, to bring your designs to life. And uh, you know, I, I saw that with with Lamise, our designer. Uh, she was really keen to have a really good fit at company because ultimately there's so much responsibility on them to bring 
your art, your art to, to life as well. Um, but but Monica, so how how competitive is uh, your industry in Dubai? Uh, you know, like is it is there is it a really advanced industry? Are there really big players? Are there small players? Like, how would you describe it to people? Oof. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think I mean Dubai. If I if I say um, I will say that is one of the dream places for interior designers and architects. And I tell you why. There is three aspects for it. Your creativity also depends a lot on your budget, right? When you have a very good budget, you can be very creative <laughs> because there is no limit. So I think that Dubai, I mean, as you see around you, your skyline, your, I mean, imagine the industry of architects, for example, here, um, people that have been involved with the expo, people that have been involved to the, with the Museum of the Future, people that have been involved. I mean, it's, it's fascinating because the, these are all these um, iconic places that are not being done anywhere else in the world. So in terms of how is interior design, I mean, interior design specifically, or yes, it's competitive. Yes, I think that um, you have various players. You have a lot of, uh, I mean, hospitality is a very big thing in Dubai um, and commercial projects, of course. And uh, there is very, very big established firms um, there's a lot of the international firms that have set up also in Dubai. Um, there is the medium also firms that deal with residential and commercial, no, and also the very small ones, because I, I always say that CTC, uh, that, sorry, Dubai has room for everyone, right? So I feel that in terms of, um, scale so the smaller business have the opportunity to be exposed because at the end of the day it's kind of a small market so so i think that you can be loud in a very small place so for the smaller firms for sure and then for the big players as well because then again you have amazing investment here you have amazing developments here you have amazing prospects for the future there is always something happening um, I mean, despite the pandemic, I think that what happened with the trend of interior design, and this is what I hear, I think that commercial is definitely picking up now. But back in the day, 2020, what happened is that most of the huge firms that were focused on hospitality, hotels, uh, big residential projects, um, unfortunately were freezed for a very long time because all those commercial projects were freezed within the pandemic, right? And then what happened with interior design is that the small firms or the medium firms that focus in not very big projects and they didn't have a very big overhead, they kind of sustained, right? And then the, the, the residential project that I was telling you, um, that was a, a very big boost for, for most of, 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 of the industry. I mean, if you talk to the fit out companies, the people that were specialized in commercial, they now started doing residential. Uh, the architecture that were focusing very much on commercial, they moved to residential. So there was definitely like, like a trend, but in terms of, of competition, of course there is competition. There is amazing firms that we look um, into, like actually, like recently I went to the Identity Awards and this is where you mix and match and see all your competitors. And, and it's nice, it's nice that also they, they, they recognize you or they recognize your work or you recognize their work. 
Um, so, so yeah, I think I always say that competition is so healthy and is is very good for your own kind of um, status, right? So, so when you compare yourself or or when you see yourself, how you perceive yourself among others, right? Um, yeah. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think I, I heard on a podcast recently, someone said when they're entering new markets, they need to see that there's competition there because that means there's a market. That means there's customers, there's mm -hmm. dynamics, and someone has done it before you. To create a market out of nothing is really hard, which is why, yes. you know, you know, in, in other markets, right, like um, in emerging markets, to create that market is hard. It's almost easier in a funny way to come second to come when others have done it because but and, you know having behavior to buy and sell is a hard thing to generate from scratch but um yeah. fascinating just to understand a little bit about the industry so if there's a new uh development uh can you can your company win a contract with a, a master developer a private developer to do the interior for uh, a block of apartments or villas is that something that you can do uh that you can respond to rfps for or, or is it hard to kind of get it get those type of contracts well i i would answer that question three years ago that i would have never been considered <laughs> <laughs> but today we have we have pitched for it we have won against big shots we have lost against big shots <laughs> uh, which is so good i love i love to just pitch you know your request for proposal I, I actually enjoy them because from every 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 single one you learn and and i always say that if you don't get it is because there is a reason i either i don't have the capacity or maybe you know i, I never question I would never question whatever we could do it or not. I always question the, the timing, you know? Um, so yes, we, we, we've been lucky enough to be considered to very, very interesting projects. So now that you say, so before I was very, very focused on residential and now since 2021, um, we started definitely much more doing commercial. Um, so I think that within this year, I think we've done restaurants and cafes, and also we've been considered within the developments to do like show apartments and, and yes, they, 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 they much more commercial definitely than before. And then again, I think that having the team, having the studio, having of course the experience have made us be here, right? I don't think yeah. that the six years before that we had, I will not be here. Because to be honest with you, to be pitched for all these projects and whatnot, you, 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 need, you, need, uh, you need a history. And this is one thing that I always see in entrepreneurial world. People want to make money and be successful from day to night. It doesn't happen. And it doesn't happen and it's yeah. just, it's a fact of life and you need to be patient. And the most important thing is that you need to believe that what you're doing is good yourself. And then I when you have that around, then the rest will come, right? Yeah, yeah I think you really good advice. I think that's really good. You know, when people say to you or to anyone who's built a business, hey, just accelerate the growth, you know, just go faster. Like 
you, you can't you, you, <laughs> you have to kind of and especially in your space because listening to you you know treating each project as an original is important so it, it you know scaling can't just you can't just say hey we're just going to do 10 of these projects make the same 10 shares like you have to kind of grow organically but you can grow you don't need to say hey let's just be boutique you know we can only ever be small you can scale but it just takes time right yeah and also it's your decision so if for example in, in my case there's been many opportunities i guess for big projects but I always, as I told you, there's many times that I consider timing. I consider also my timing, the capacity of my team. Um, I'm a mother, you know, I like to be present. Uh, is this project gonna take me out weekends from my family? If it is, maybe go to the big firms, you know? So I think that there is a lot of thought behind. Um, and I always say that, you know, you take your business the way you want. And, you know, whatever you are successful, however you scale it, it needs to be tailored to your life, right? Amazing. Yeah, good advice. Uh, I think this would be good <laughs> for the regular listeners of the podcast. Uh, but also that, so uh, we're coming to the end. I want to ask you about the future uh, in, in different ways. Like what, what do you have plans with the start of a new year for say EC and and Monica, also, what's your dream project? What would you love to work on in the future? Um, so 2022, I think, is going to be a very interesting project, for a very interesting year for CDC because uh, we have current um, projects in the pipeline, of course, that are going to kind of turn CDC to another type of, uh, I will say, company. Um, as I told you, we are more focused now on um, producing our own pieces and furniture and all of that. So in terms of, of that, I think that's, that's our next step to expand, um, potentially to create a, a capsule collection of furniture. I think that's one of, but I think there is, there is a little difficulty there because at the moment we don't want to turn into retail. So we need to figure that one out, but that's definitely on the pipeline. And then in terms of dream projects, I don't know, it's hard to say, but I have to tell you something. We are actually working on one of our dream projects. Um, number one is our dream client, amazing person that trusts us with blind eyes in terms of <laughs> and budget and everything. But yeah, I guess, what is a dream project? I think a dream project is where I see my whole team just being so excited to produce and to make this happen out of their own will and not, and not work. I think that's when I see, okay, this is a dream for everyone. And they get excited and then they get excited for approvals. And then when we order stuff, they're like, oh my God, this is actually happening. So I think that when I see the eyes of my team and myself and even the client and everyone is getting so excited about it, forgetting about the timing or the time that you put in your work, but just, you know, focusing on the end result. That's, that's for me, that's a dream for them. It doesn't matter the size, by the way. It can be as small as this or as big as this. It's, it's actually what it produces to you. So, brilliant yeah. answer. That's a brilliant <laughs> answer. Love it. Uh, amazing chatting to you, Monica. Wait, so where can okay, people find guys. you guys You guys online? 
on social media and website, what is it? So we are at CDC underscore, and then we have our website, which is www.cdcdecor.com. And then our usual queries, um, whatever, like it's our email, which is hello at cdcdecor.com. That's where most of our queries go or get filtered to. Um, so yeah. Perfect, amazing. So that's C-E-S-T-I-C-I. Perfect. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks so much for your time. It's been really good speaking to you. Um, I, you know, just by meeting you now today, it really seems like a, an amazing business. I'm wishing you all the success in the future. Uh, thank you so much. Take care. Thank hey you. guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy.